All right, and welcome back to another episode of Sentinel Sideline 365. We're doing something a little bit different because Florida State obviously doesn't play today. We got the primetime matchup tomorrow, uh, Sunday night, which we're looking forward to. And we'll talk a little bit on that. The good thing is no news is good news when you're talking about a Sunday night game. So uh, nothing real big to talk about there, which is good. No injuries, no players out so far that we've heard about. Uh, if we do hear about those things, we will bring them up. And if you do hear about them, let us know. But there's a lot of great college football going on. We just, if you're watching, if you're watching us now, you probably just tuned over from the Colorado TCU game. Colorado taking down number 17 TCU. So we'll have some insight on that because uh, I, I did watch that full game through, and there was some interesting notes out of that game. Uh, and that's probably the the biggest upset or the only upset of the college football year thus far. Um, so we'll we'll dive into that. We'll dive into the entire of college football scoreboard. So we'll pull that up and get your thoughts on you know. Gators struggling on Thursday night. You know, they had that primetime Thursday night slot, and they choked that uh, to Utah uh, and got thoroughly dominated there. So we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the upcoming uh, matchups of the Battle of Carolinas tonight with uh, UNC South Carolina, which should be a fun one to watch. We'll be coming up here uh, shortly tonight, uh, along with some other matchups that, uh, will, that are interest uh, to everybody. So be sure to comment. Let us know your thoughts on some of these games that are going on. What are your thoughts on Sunday night as well? What are you excited about? Who are you excited to see? We'll, we'll get into the LSU-FSU matchup as well towards the end again. But, yeah, I, I, I think we want to bring up, uh, once again, you know, we just just watching that Colorado uh, TCU game. Uh, that was a fun one. That was definitely a lot of offense, not a ton of defense, um, which uh, I guess I guess should have been expected probably um, because TCU didn't play a lot of defense. They struggled on defense last year, um, and I honestly I don't know if people expected the worst out of Colorado just based on the record last year, but. You know, remember, this is entirely a new roster, so maybe it was probably unfair to put those expectations on this team. But they looked like a uh, – surprising to me, what I'll say is that that team looked very much well put together based on all the new pieces they put. Like, like compare them to what you saw with the Gators on Thursday night. Procedural penalties, clunkiness in the offense. You did not see that type of uh, – that type of play from this Colorado team in week one. And, and, and Florida, they've had, you know, this is year two, year two for uh, Coach Billy, and that team looked like it's still not together. Now, take it with Colorado, who has 68 new bodies, scholarship players on that team, right? And I, they had very few pen, penalties, I think less than two or three the entire game, and that offense clicked from the get-go. And it helps that they brought some of those, those key players from Jackson State, so a lot of those key positional players, especially on offense, were, were used to playing together, but still – that's a lot of new bodies on the offensive line, defensive line, uh, receiver room, running backs. Um, and I was thoroughly impressed with what Coach Prime did there uh, in putting that team together and, and making it look like they've been doing it for years. Uh, and then topping that all off with a win. Uh, I, you know, and like I said, I, I was wrong. I thought this would, they would struggle week one and, and struggle, you know, throughout the season. But I think based on what they put out today, that they'll be able to compete with teams like TCU. Now, I don't think TCU is probably the number 17 team in the country. Um, they 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 lost a lot of players in that national championship squad last year. They had eight players drafted last year, uh, including their quarterback, including a lot of players from that offense um, and some of those players in that defense. So I, I don't think they probably are 25 team, but I can't take that away from Colorado. They went in on the road and they put up a lot of damn points on that defense and uh, they came out with a win. So kudos to coach prime kudos to uh, his son uh, uh, shooters played that, that kid can play quarterback. And he, he, that's why he was recruited so highly out of high school. Right. That's why a lot of teams like Georgia wanted that kid at quarterback because he can throw the ball uh, and he commanded that offense. And then Travis Hunter, um, he lived up to his billing uh, as a, he, he, he's going to be a menace. I don't know if he can play both sides of the ball like that throughout the entire season. Cause he took some hits today on offense, right? And, and sometimes he, he looked like he was a little shaken up, but that playing 100 plus snaps the game is going to beat up his body at this level, I feel like. But that guy played, that guy is a difference maker on that defense. And I think that's why they have to play him because he's, he, two, what well, he had two interceptions today. Um, that guy played amazing. So shout out to, to him as well because he had an amazing game. What, what were your, we're just coming from that game. So let's talk about that game first. What, what were your initial thoughts coming from that? Well, first of all, my initial thoughts are I've got my Seminole shirt on, but this is the Seminole Chiefs. I'm wearing it in honor 
of my grandson, who's a senior in high school now at Paul the Sixth High School in Ashburn, Virginia. He plays left blindside tackle on offense. This is the shirt. This is the team that he started playing football on when he was just a little tyke. And now he's 6'2", 215, 220, and honor of him. Okay, let's get to business. Let's do it. I'm going to crack. Did you bring your beverage of choice? I did. I did. I got the yingling light, cracking it open. Here it is. To all the disbelievers of prime time, including you, KB. Yeah, I said it. Including you. I you said, said it. it. You admitted admit it. it. You and a lot of people are eating crow today. All right? And and especially the expert insiders. I think it was Tom Luganbill. You know, he's one of the guys on TV a lot. He's a big analyst. He said, and, and you and I discussed it. He said this could be the worst roster, the worst roster yeah. in CFB this year, the way it was handled. People yeah. didn't like, you didn't like, okay? I'm oh, calling I still, you out. I, I still, I, I don't take you that. Didn't like I, how you, you I didn't don't like, like how it was handled. Yeah, you didn't I like don't how take it was handled. A lot of people said, a lot of coaches said they didn't like how it was handled. Yeah. Lee Corsell. On college game day, he said, I didn't like how it was handled. I didn't like how it was handled. That's I, I love primetime, but he says, I didn't like how it was handled. Yeah. I've been a primetime believer from day one. One is he's a null. Now, we can get into that in a few minutes. Whether he said he's a null, he's not a null, and all that fan hype and media bullshit that goes on. Okay, this guy... Just proved, and I want to see how many people now that were Dion primetime haters all of a sudden now start maybe drifting a little bit towards the neutral independent area on him because he has, he has, as you said, he had this team and his coaches had this team ready to play today. They played against last year's tcu playoff team but yeah, that's I, last year yeah that's, that's last, last year, year. That's, that's last, last year. year but it doesn't matter everybody's saying the colorado buffs and i'm also a graduate of colorado as well okay is they would be in disarray they wouldn't have the communication they wouldn't be able to play well they showed the country they showed everybody else that Something magical happened over the fall camp and what this roster did. There is no denying that. They went in to hostile territory and beat the Horned Frogs, I would say, fairly decisively, even though the score is three points. Okay. That. Now, hats off to former Seminoles. Let's bring the Seminole loop into this that were playing in that game. Okay, I saw McClendon at defensive end. They gave up 40, 42 points. Okay, okay. He was playing. Uh, <laughs> Omari Cooper was playing in the 40, game. 42 points among them. And Bishop Thomas he played did. in he the had, he, had a, he had a great block on that. Did he uh, blow that guy off the line? Great, that was a great At the goal player. line? I give what him credit but, for that. But that it's great. more than the plays. It's the strategy that was used. How many times did we struggle in the red zone last season when we couldn't, we don't have that big back. We'll get somebody who can clear the way to get that two yards when you got to get into the end zone instead of playing uh, trick plays. So hold on, you had a long say. Let me say, but you're bringing up false facts. Sanders, quarterback Shandu Sanders, okay. Shandu Sanders, unbelievable, unbelievable. Five. What was his total figures? You got the figures? All right on the screen. What is it? How many yards? Five hundred plus. He had 500 plus yards, five ten, five ten, four four touchdowns. Uh, unbelievable! The player of the game though is Travis Hunter. I don't know how many snaps he took. He had 60 plus in the first half. Yeah. Did he? He? he yeah. He, was, he had a 100 plus snaps. I think. That is unbelievable, and he played at a sustained level. Yeah. Never once did I see that kid have his hands on the back of his helmet or down on his knees. That kid is unbelievable. 
he made plays on both sides of the ball. He could have had another touchdown, except his foot was out of bounds. He had trouble balancing the ball. Unbelievable. He should be the national college football player of the week. Whether they won well, or lost, he should have been. He should be. Well, now, let's let the let other games finish. play out. Let's let, let me, the games play yeah, out first. Let me I, said, I didn't say of the year. I said yeah, of the I know, week. I know. I know. Let's, of let's, the week. I know. Let's, okay. Let's, let's so Travis Hunter should get that 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 award. The um, running backs, Dylan Edwards and this Hankerson kid, they look good for a offensive line that was totally rebuilt. I don't know what yards they got but they were effective when they had to be. And hats off to Jimmy Horn Jr., transfer from University of South Florida, had a really decent game as well. And finally, I know I'm not a big fan of the guy, and I don't think a lot of Florida State fans are. Charles Kelly gets his first win as defensive coordinator at Colorado. He did enough. They did enough to win the ball game in the end, in the final minutes, they did enough. Yeah. Okay. So hats off to, to my and the Colorado Buffaloes. Unbelievable. And as you said, KB, an exciting game to watch from start yeah. to finish. Unbelievable. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I don't care if you hate Colorado, Salute. love them. It was just a good fall college football game to watch because all the other games sucked. Uh, during that time frame. So at least it was an entertaining game, no matter what you feel about either school. It was a fun game to watch. Um, what's going on, Mike? Good to see you coming by the show. Hey, we appreciate Mike. it. Um, played a good game. It was just one game. Yeah, exactly, Mike. Yeah, I, think, I um, get it. I get that. Can you relax for two seconds? No, but don't take yes, comments wrong. It was, it was one game. game. I get that. Yeah, and, and like I said, uh, and you can see where probably Colorado is going to struggle. They're going to struggle on defense this year. They don't have a, a great, great defensive line. TCU could run all over them. And TCU went, uh, went away from the run game for some reason. I'm not sure why they did. And TCU's quarterback is not very good. That guy, uh, I think Colorado's going to be able to compete in, in the league this year against some of the more average Pac-12 teams, uh, which people didn't think they would be able to. Um, TCU's not, like I said. Uh, Colorado offensively is going to be able to compete in that conference because you have Sanders, at quarterback, who is a top 10 quarterback, top 15 quarterback in the nation probably. Uh, and you got Travis Hunter. You got they got top receivers and Jimmy Horn and and uh, uh, and Hunter. Um, I just I'm worried about Hunter playing 100 snaps for a game. That's not going to hold up. His body frame I don't know can hold up to that. He is not a big guy. He is not a big guy. And if he takes five six shots over the middle like he did today, and you could see him feel it. I don't know if that body holds up, but he made some, he he kept them in the game at various parts of that game. Whether it's an interception, a big catch. Uh, he was a big play guy. And, uh, yeah, he definitely put his mark on the college football season already. But we see how it goes. So kudos to them. I, I think, KB, I think what you said was exactly right. I don't think Travis Hunter is going to be able to keep that up. So what they're going to have to use him is more strategically to keep him rhythm in the game. He's going to be more effective for them on defense. But offensively, when they get into the red zone or they get somewhere where they feel they need him, they're going to put him in there. But they they can't keep that number of snaps, and you had it at what a hundred snaps or something. That's what they. I thought that's what they said on TV. I, wow. I, I just I don't see his body being able to keep up with that. Yeah. Uh, one other name that uh, came across uh, on TCU side was Warren Thompson. He was a former Warren Thompson. Bigger. I saw. Yeah, he got he got like I think one catch in the beginning, and then you didn't hear from him. Which he just was kind appeared. Of his, that was kind of his mo at Florida State too. So, uh, but uh, I think they had that Kendall Browse connection there and. Uh, you know, that's why he's in he, talented guy, but once again, didn't really be able, wasn't able to make an impact. He had one they, catch for 18 yards. Yeah. And then Trey Sanders was a guy that Florida State tried to get they yeah. a big time recruit that they tried yeah. to get from Bama in high school. And, and he played, you know, had a decent game. So altogether, very, very, uh, very fun game to watch. Um, it'll be fun to see what they do the rest of the season, both teams. Um, once again, I don't think TC is a top 25 team, but, uh, it, you know, the offense for Colorado will be very, very fun to watch because the guy that you point out, Wilkerson, he's a freshman. This was a freshman yeah. that a lot of big time programs. You mean, wanted. you mean Wilkerson? Uh, no, to Edwards, 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 Edwards. Yeah. He was the, he was a freshman that Dylan Edwards was a guy that four-star guy, top 200, 250 player, true freshman that a lot of kids want, a lot of programs wanted. So, um, and he showed out like, showed up more as a receiving running back than a guy that's going to go through the middle. And once you got on the sideline with a couple of those catches, he was breakaway speed. So 
Um, they got some kids that aren't just transfers that are going to be able to play. So uh, it'll be fun to watch them. Yeah, but let's I, move I, on. Let's, no, let's wait move a minute. On I think, other. and I think you're, you know, uh, we'll follow most. A lot of fans will follow this team because of Coach Prime, and some of them follow him to see if he gets beat up and and love that. Others follow him because they want to see if he can bring uh, bring a team to this level. And his, his son at quarterback, you know what I was surprised about, and maybe I just didn't have enough insights is that his son didn't use his legs very much. And I thought that hurt Colorado a little bit because they could TCU could come in on him and try to keep him, you know, in the pocket, but he's not a runner like Jordan Travis is or Jaden Daniels is. He didn't put that pressure in. Is that is, is to your knowledge? Does he 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 didn't he's run at Jackson he's, State? He's not, no, he, he only ran for 174 yards at Jackson State last year. He's okay, so he is run. a drop back scramble as only needed he, type he, quarterback. A, he has a great arm. He doesn't. He does. He why put your body at risk when you have a great right? Arm? And he made good decisions, you know. But a couple times, it was pointed out that he probably could have run for a first down and just learn to slide or get out of bounds. Your team needs that on occasions. But, but he's not an athlete. He's not an athlete like Travis Jordan. Is. Like uh, you know, uh, he's not okay. that type of athlete. He has okay. a he has a supreme arm, and that is the thing that will keep Colorado in a lot of games. Their offense is going to be capable of putting up forty five points because I think they're a lot more loaded in offense than they are in defense. I think they're going to give up a lot of damn points this season, but they're going to put up a lot of damn points at the same you time. Know, so I think they're going to be in a lot of gunfights, you know, gunslinging battles like this because with Sanders at quarterback, with Hunter and Jimmy Horn, and you know, you know, you got a lot of weapons on offense, and you know, for a team that's rebuilding, you can acquire those weapons. And I was surprised how well their offensive line kept up. And in going through the season, where if you get an injury or two, that's where it may start to hurt some of that depth. Right now, they're all healthy, right? But as you know, that's where the, some of those things can nick you up. But I was surprised how well their offensive line kept up. But having a great quarterback can make up for a lot of things in your offense. We saw, you know, we've seen at Florida State sometimes that having a great quarterback can cover up a lot of uh, things that you may not have great player, you know, positional roles at. And I think Sanders at quarterback does that for them. Um, but also having great website receiver also helps you too. Um, so it'll be something to monitor. Like I said, it was fun to watch the game. Um, and I, and I'll, I think they'll beat the brakes off in Nebraska next year, but you don't know this team is still being rebuilt. So I think you'll, they'll, they'll well, I will keep everybody informed as I will be uh, monitoring sure that situation sure you will. closely. All right. All right. So let's go look through some other games, uh, that went, went on this past, you know, starting on Thursday, Florida being thoroughly dominated by Utah on on Thursday night in prime time. You call that prime time if you want to call that prime time. Um I, I mean I was I, I can't say I was surprised. I think most Florida State fans were were predicting this to happen that Florida State uh, Florida would come out and, and be get get killed. But I think I was a little surprised that it wasn't even close with Cam Rising, Utah's you know top quarterback and, and the guy that you know was who's on one skin another top 10, top 15 quarterback in the in the nation being out for the game. That was kind of a late scratch for him coming off that injury last year. They went on the road. Florida went on the road. And I think it's the first time they've had an out-of-conference – like, I forgot what the stat was. It was the first time they've gone out-of-conference to play a uh, road road out-of-conference game. The road. Because like, they played years. Utah last season. At home, yeah. But there was some unbelievable stat about how they don't go on the road and play out-of-conference games ever. It was some – in the last 30 years or something. And if someone has in the chat, let me know. But it was some crazy stat – and now we kind of found out why, because they got destroyed, dominated by a backup quarterback, first of all, and then by a, a suffocating Utah defense, which Utah's known for. Um, and they just couldn't get anything going all night. They couldn't really run the ball. Burks, you know, took what they could get, but he couldn't pump the ball down the field uh, like they are used to. And they had a lot of miscues, like I said. The miscues I saw that Florida is what I would expected from Colorado today, starting basically a whole new roster. But we saw them out of Florida in year two of the, of the Sunbelt Billy rebuild. Uh, a Florida program. And, and like I said, it, people predict that Florida's going to get six wins this year. I can see that prediction coming true. So that's one prediction. I think Florida state fans, and the media have right, because this team did not look right. They didn't look right last year with a first round pick in the quarterback in Anthony Richardson. And, and, and Mertz is not a better quarterback than and Anthony Richardson, no matter what you think of him. Uh, but Mertz is, is definitely not as athletically gifted and he's not, doesn't have the arm strength 
Or they had over 300 uh, yards, it, though. How many points do they have, though? You can you, yards is is, is uh, a vanity metric. Yards is a vanity metric. But he's one guy. He's one guy. And the yeah. quarterback is the most important position on the field. That position is the most important field uh, position on the field. If, if Colorado doesn't have Sanders at quarterback, that's a whole different team. I'm telling you. Well, if Florida State doesn't have Jordan Travis, yeah, it's a whole different. Team. It's a whole different exactly. team. It's a whole different season. And so I'm telling you, with Mertz at quarterback, he cannot get them out of the jams potentially. that say Richardson can. And they didn't use Richardson right last year. I think we all believe that. And they have Mertz now, and he and he's less capable of doing what anything that Richardson could do. Plus, so, their running game, they only had 13 total yards exactly. rushing the ball, which puts all the what attention on the quarterback. Exactly. And he's got he's got to make unbelievable plays. And they threw me, the ball 44 times. They only have 44 really times one, one prime time receiver, Ricky uh, Pearsall. So, and he had a, he had a decent game, but once again. Uh, Mertz is not going to slice you up, in my opinion. He didn't do it at Wisconsin. Wisconsin was kind of happy to see him go. Um, and, yeah, they they struggled. I mean, Florida had three points going into the fourth quarter uh, and finally got a touchdown there to make it respectable. So, um, overall, I, I think we got what we expected out of Florida. Um, and Utah showed what they have, that they're still they're, – they're an actual top 15 team. Their defense is there to stay. And, and when they get Cam Rising back – they're going to be a force to be reckoned with. Well, didn't Florida go in there as an underdog? They didn't go in there as the favorite. Oh, uh, of course, they, of course. They didn't but, go into but, Utah as the favorite. No, but this is so going. They, this was a measuring stick to see how they would perform in the SEC this year, and I think it's going to be ugly. I think it's going to be ugly this year. Okay. Do you, okay. Do you disagree with that? No, I, I don't disagree with that. I think they're going to struggle. I think their only opportunities is to beat these these. Uh, I don't want to say FCS. Uh, FCS teams they bring into the swamp, they they'll beat them, and then they gotta they gotta go after the low hanging fruit in the SEC, the ones that maybe maybe some would say it's a coin flip, you know, for them, but mm-hmm. they have to find balance on offense. They didn't have any balance in this game, and it and it you can't put that much pressure on your quarterback to, to throw the ball forty four times. For Jordan Travis on Sunday against LSU, how many times do we expect him to have to throw the ball? 25 times? 28 times? If the running game is working? Trey Benson should get 100 yards in this game. 80 to 110 yards. If we do that and divide up a few other rushes with our running backs, we should have 125, maybe 150 yards rushing the ball against LSU if we do that. He only has to throw the ball maybe 20, 25 times. Well, last year he threw it 33 times, and Florida State struggled to get up. You know, they just got over 100, 115 yards rushing last because year. Because it's going to be hard. It's not the offensive line. We're going to find out what our offensive line really has. This team, Florida State, has been hyped. Okay. They've been hyped, right or wrong. They've been hyped now. And I agree. This is the Florida State team to do some damage in the country this year. They have to win the ACC championship, in my opinion, or this team did not succeed, period. Yeah, I would go on record. If they don't win the ACC championship and Clemson wins again, then this team did not succeed because in 2024, this is going to be a, a, a total r- reload. Well, that is that is the big thing. And I think that's a, a conversation that I've seen a few people talk about on, on X or Twitter or whatever the hell you want to call it. Is that yeah? This is this is the little opportunity that Mike Norvell has to really show what he's got in terms of having a full team and a full loaded team because you will, like you said, lose eighty to ninety percent of your offense. You're going to lose eighty to ninety percent of your total offense, um, and that's a scary idea to think about. And um, he has to, he has to have a very successful season this year, or the doubters are going to reemerge. Six, They're going to yeah. reemerge. And then if Sanders has a great season or a 500 yeah. win six games, goes to a bowl game, you'll hear some stuff. Okay, now, before we leave this Gator topic, KB, let's see who they, they lost to Utah. Then they're going to play – who yeah. the hell is MCN? They, oh, McNeese. McNeese State. They'll yeah. beat McNeese at then home. They have, then they have Tennessee. Then they'll get beat up by Tennessee. And then they play Charlotte. So they could be – Two and they, two. Two and two going into Kentucky and Vanderbilt, which they could win those two they games. They lost to Vanderbilt last year. Well, that's last year. So they could actually be uh, 
have a winning record going into the South Carolina game in uh, mid-October before they play Georgia and get destroyed. I think they'll probably most likely be 3-3 three and three heading into South Carolina, which is most likely a loss. And then they lose. They, they, they'll probably be going to Georgia. They, they could be. They could have two wins going to Georgia. The Gators don't have that tough a SEC schedule. Where is the toughness there between Georgia, Georgia and LSU? Easy. Kentucky's never easy. South Car- they lost to Vanderbilt. Yeah, but, but Georgia, South LSU. Carolina, Georgia, LSU. I mean, it's not easy, but they're not good. That's the issue. Is they're not a good team, so they're okay. a, not a good team playing against. Well, they'll Vanderbilt. light it up. They'll light it up against McNeese. They'll get sixty points, and you know, and have a. You know, and and, well, I think it will against McNeese State. Okay, enough on them. Enough on the Gators. All right, enough on the Gators. Another another update going back to the well, going to the ACC is that I thought this was interesting. BC loses their first game of the season uh, in overtime against Northern Illinois, Uh, but they already have a quarterback controversy. Uh, They uh, benched Moorhead for a, a. Castellanos, who is, I think he transferred from, how oh, I looked this up. Um, he tra- he's, he's a new transfer. He's a sophomore, I believe. Uh, but they, uh, he transferred in from U- UCF. Um, so he, play, he played like five games there last year, very, very limited time. But he kind of mounted a comeback because they were down most of the game. Um, as you can see, his numbers there, you know, 13 28, not great, but a lot of usage with his legs uh, for a touchdown, too. But they, they are a minus eight favorite. Uh, on the odds maker. So if you if you bet money on North Ooh, Boston Iowa, College was uh, up minus eight. eight at home. No, uh, they were minus eight odds. Oh, minus home. eight at home. Oh, and uh, they lost by three in overtime. So if you bet on Northern Illinois, then uh, you uh, you made some money tonight. Um, if you did, well, great. You, you you may not be eating out tonight. You maybe have to cook up uh, some uh, whatever pizza. you got in the freezer. All in pizza, yeah. buddy. So, uh, yeah, struggle for Boston College already begins. Uh, they may be on uh, coach coach hot seat watch. I don't, I don't know. But uh, they lost their quarterback in the offseason. Obviously, he transferred out. They already have a quarterback battle brewing here, it looks like. And uh, not a great start to the season. They they seem to be what we expect them to be. Not a good start. For Let me Boston ask you this. Year. Let me ask you this. Hopping back, you said coach alert, hot seat. If – the Gators were to really be miserable, not be at 500 by the first six games, let's say. Could Would they make a coaching change in the middle of the season, you think? I would have to – I don't know what the buyout is. Um, I think that plays into it. I don't think it matters to them. If 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 they don't like well, – the, if they, if if they the were to lose – if they were to lose the teams they're supposed to beat this year, I think, I think he's going to be – I think they would take him out. I don't care what the buyout is. Well, let, let's. Uh, well, I, they're a public institution, right? Yeah. So I, I think it does matter because I think I, I just think that it's the alumni. Money, the alumni would step up. I, I I don't know, but let's. You could look at this line. I thought this was an interesting article by the Tampa Bay Times. They said, "Is is Billy Napier another Willie Tiger?" And they said the record through forty games <laughs> looks the same. It's, it's the same. Both team and both teams look discombobulated in year two and you just brought it up if they start off cold again would they make a fire a coaching change in the middle of the season napier now he did go to the bowl in his first season uh oh, that's a shit bowl oh, that well, was I, the game they kicked I, the field goal uh, at the yes end, exactly just and pat mcafee just blew it up he blew it up record versus ranked teams as they point out here one and six one and seven so just like taggart and then went over rivals napier and taggart zero and zero so he's on the uh, he's on the Taggart's uh, trend uh, of uh, the Taggart course towards being fired. To your point, um, and both teams look to be in disarray, as it points out here. Um, they, Where the hell is Willie? Where is Coach Willie? I think he's enjoying his millions and mir- millions that he got paid out for. No, 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 no. I think he's some someplace. No, he tried to get on staff with uh, Colorado uh, Prime. Yeah, and I don't think Prime wanted him. Mm, interesting. If somebody so, know if somebody knows that answer, drop us a line. This is a great article. Yeah. To your point, I think I think uh, I think <laughs> that Billy is on the really taggart path towards getting bought out. Um, because mm. if they if they go if they go two and two and then get blown out by South Carolina and Georgia in back to back weeks, I think that's when it happens. I think it happens 
in early November, in early November, right after the Georgia game, if they lose to South Carolina, Tennessee, and Georgia Georgia get blown out in all three, it's over. Georgia at home could be the nail in the top. The Gators can't take that type of embarrassment. And they won't stand for it. I don't care what the buyout is. And they have to think about how do we cut this off early so that we can get think about recruit maybe available in recruiting. Yeah. What coach may be available in transfers and portals. Exactly. So I I think that they it's better to cut off early, start searching and put some guy in. But you know, and start or start talking, putting out feelers for people because of transfers and and like you said, uh and recruits. So It'll be interesting. What they you know, that's one thing them. Coach uh, at TCU said about Prime. You know, everybody was writing him about all the transfers and everything. He does the same thing. Dykes at TCU does the same thing. Hit the portal hard. But he said, this is the tool we've been given. Why would I stand back and just not use such a tool? I think it's a balance of the tool of high school recruits. You go after, you go after four and five-star guys to bring in and develop. And like a Travis Hunter or other guys, and you you must hit the portal. And I think for Florida State, because this program, you know, we, we, we're concerned about Florida State, is in 2024, you may see them reach into the portal for a quarterback. Don't discount that. Anybody disagrees with me, put it in a comment. Um, B. Riley says, Taggart is with the Baltimore Ravens. Harbor did them a solid. Oh, that's right. That's He's true. That's true. He's that's true. That's a that's a good pull right yeah. there. Okay, hey, what's the deal on Harbaugh at good Michigan call. being suspended? What's that about? Because he lied to the NCAA about recruiting and stuff like that. So well, I, I, hate, I, mean, I hate I hate how they're making him like sound like he's a martyr, and they're like doing these formations on the, the field fans. like he's yeah, it's the so player. disgusting. These Michigan. Well, like, what was that all about? I don't even. I, I it's not even we're talking about because what, what, he did it. He made a recruiting violation or NCAA okay. recruiting but violation, acting, and they're acting like he is some kind of martyr on the field. It's so sad and disgusting. Like. I hate to hey, I hate to say that I was out of the loop a little bit, but I've been traveling. Buenos Aires and Uruguay highly recommended travel, especially in the winter. They're below the equator, so I missed that story. So, how many games is he suspended for? I think it was just what's it? Three games. So, and, and the three games that he's missing are like cupcakes. So it doesn't nobody. really miss it. Yeah, nobody. It, nobody. It's their next three. They beat East Carolina by twenty-seven points today, and then they play UNLV and they play Bowling Green. They play nobody. It's it's basically not nobody. nobody cares about those games. Nobody, nobody cares. Right. What the games they care about is like the game today, Colorado. Right. They care about Florida State and LSU. These are the games fans want. Hey guys, they demand. don't play a ranked team till November eleventh. Yeah, they suck. That's like, that like, who's like, the toughest teams on Michigan's schedule? Penn State and Ohio State. Their their schedule doesn't really begin. That's until it. No wonder they make the freaking playoffs. Like it's that's a joke. The Big Ten, their their Big Ten setup is, I mean, it's ideal because they don't take any risk till no. the last three weeks of the season. That's and Michigan State always gives them a battle, an in-state rival. That's always a you know pretty good game. But they're garbage. That's a joke. That's a joke. Okay. Yeah. Hey, you can wow. get your UNLV tickets for thirty nine dollars if you want to go to Michigan Stadium. Oh, um, yeah, exactly. Okay, now who's playing tonight? Georgia's playing tonight, right? Uh, yeah, George is playing. Tonight. Well, one thing I want to bring up before we go into tonight's games or, or what's going on is uh, we have to bring up the Battle of Miami. Uh, you know, oh, Miami, yeah. Miami was pretty good oh, against – it was the Red Hawks. Yeah, the Battle for Miami, Miami versus Miami. We played um, the Red Hawks one year in a bowl game, right? Yeah, I, I don't want to – I don't want people to uh, overreact to this game because, like I said, it's – it's you're playing Miami out of the MAC and it's uh, – but uh, I, I – you know – it's hard to take anything away from this, right? I think Miami – the one thing I'll take away um, is that I think Miami struggled to run the ball early against them. Tyler Van Dyke threw a really bad interception early in the game. Um, but, you know, they won the game. They they did what they were supposed to. Miami's they covered, not supposed to. They covered yeah, they the covered, points. They covered the points. Uh, I think they did what they're supposed to do. Uh, I saw some of their freshman defensive linemen in a couple of plays here and there. Um, but it's so hard in a game like this, which is it's supposed to be in these roller. Uh, now they lost to Middle Tennessee State last year, so once again, uh, you don't know is this a growth from them? Is this a sign of growth from them? Potentially, um, but I, I I didn't see like they didn't win by sixty points. It's not like they did in Alabama where they rolled over a guy and put seventy five points on them or something like that. So well, let, let, let's I mean, talk about far. their quarterback though. I think Tyler Van Dyke 
is an adequate, adequate plus quarterback for a football team. Okay. Yeah. And now let me ask you this. Would we, if Tyler Van Dyke went into the portal next year, would would no. Florida State take him? No. Would Florida State take it depends him? Depends who's out there, but I don't think I don't I think he got some like elite tag associated with him for some reason two years ago. And then I, I don't think he's elite. Like he got tagged a couple of years ago for some I don't know why he got that. And I know he had some big numbers early, but since he's gotten banged up and, and stuff like that, I don't He's good, but not great. I, don't I think, think right. yeah, he's kind of a big kid, um, and he he's you got know, the size. He's got prototypical size for a quarterback that you want. Yeah, and I don't think he makes too many bad reads. I, 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 that brings me back to uh, Sanders at Colorado. Man, he made some good reads today. He was really reading no, that Sanders, defense. Sanders is a great quarterback. He, that I mean, well, I, he played one game at this level. We don't. I wouldn't say he's great, but he had a damn MVP day today, and I thought his reads were good. He, he didn't force the ball into anything. That's what I'm saying. And then that's how you can tell he's going to be a good to, to great quarterback is because he made the right play. The kid threw for 500 yards today. So, I mean, against CCU on the road. Like, I'm not saying he's going to win the Heisman, but the guy, to your point, made great reads. He didn't throw bad balls. He And his ball placement, a lot. I mean, Travis Hunter dropped two balls that probably could have been touchdowns too. Well, those were so, tough catches. Those I know, but catches. he put the ball only where his player uh, could get it. Uh, like, uh, I, I think uh, Sanders I played very, very well. But um, Well, Jimmy Horn, Jimmy Horn, Jimmy, he, he dropped the ball he should have caught too. That's the difference. Really. Tyler Van Dyke is not at that caliber in my eyes. Now, he could prove me wrong down the road here, but I, I just don't see that. Hey, here's, here's the most important thing about the Miami game. How many people did they have in attendance? Not Anybody know that not answer? A not a lot. Not well, you don't know. That. They look like I think they had. You, okay, show me the photo of where it looked like they had a lot. No, of no, on TV they kept it pretty narrow. <laughs> I don't know what the somebody's got the attendance dropping to us right it now. Was, it was really okay. bad. All right, what else have we got on the board? Washington leads Boise seven to six early in the game. Let's let's go to this topic we haven't covered, right? The ACC has some new members. Yeah. Pam, Pam. They got SMU coming in who said, we won't take a penny for nine or 10 seasons. Nine years. What? Nine years. Nine years. They don't media want a penny revenue. extra. Not media revenue. They don't want a penny. We got uh, Cal coming in. Cal? The Cal Bears. California. People go, Cal? Who's that? California Bears. University of California Bears. And we got Stanford Cardinal coming in. Remember the great Jim Plunkett played there. So, okay, Jim Plunkett. Uh, what do you think of that, KB? It's 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 the last gasp of a dying car. It's but it's, why is it a is it a is it a move by the ACC knowing they're going to lose teams to put yes. more numbers on the board, knowing yes. they're going to lose, or are they trying to convince the guys? We're really trying hard. You should stay no. here. The Clemsons, no, the North those, Carolina, the Miami, the Florida State. Any value. The, do you think Florida State wants to travel to California to play Cal and Stanford or Texas? Like I wouldn't. It's no. a grueling no, and trip. It water, and it waters down the value of you as a basketball conference as well. Like there, there was literally like it, Florida State, I mean, uh, ACC as a basketball conference used to have some value. Then last year happened. And oh, they were number one. They were the number one basketball conference and, and, and in the country year, for years. In the last couple of years, they flipped. Last year was really awful for the ACC. And now you add three. No help from Florida State's program. Yeah, no help from them. And then you add three really bad basketball teams to it. So you've just literally, you said, basketball, we don't care about you in the ACC anymore. Add these three teams, water down that product. So you've lost that brand recognition. And then you add the football you think Florida State is going to want to go on some West Coast road trip? Like, it is it is a numbers game, I think. It's like, we know we're going to lose three teams, and this is our backup plan just to say that we have a full conference. And and I think those three teams know that their, their back is against the wall, and they don't want to be left on the cold because the Pac-12 is imploding like a dying star. And they said, we got we got to catch on to one life raft, and it's either, it's either the ACC or the Midwest Conference – Whatever it's because I don't think the Big 12 was taking them. I mean, the Big 12 has come out better than the ACC in my eyes. So, yeah. Right. yeah. So, yeah. I think this was like a life wrap. We'll take less money because these three schools, I believe, got offered more money to stay in the back 12 when it was still whole and they declined it. And now that it's years, a year or two later, 
they're getting offered less money with the ACC is, and then now it's just the best offer they have left. So they, they held out for no reason and the ACC gave them a worse offer. And they're like, well, we have, we have to take it because we have nothing else left unless we want to go independent and really screw ourselves. So yeah, I mean, it was, it's, it's kind of a bad deal for everybody, but I think it is now the verification that the ACC will lose at least three teams in the coming years. And this is kind of like something to keep it relevant. And I, I don't think it does that. I don't think the ACC will be relevant if they lose Florida State, Clemson, and UNC and, and, and more. Um, but I, I think it's kind of sad. And I think – I, I forgot which school flipped on them. I think it was NC State or uh, – On school? the vote. Oh, on yes. the vote, right? Yeah. So, I think it was I, NC State. Which – They don't have a home to go to anyways. Yeah, I, it was weird. So I, I don't think it brings any more value. No, it's kind of weird in the ACC, like you say. And I totally agree with you. Florida State has no future in the ACC. Yeah. I believe they're working They're working behind the scenes, furiously working behind the scenes. They know each season they stay in the ACC, they're losing more revenue. I don't care what the regeneration of the distribution is. The more games you win, the more money you get, you're still going to come up short and players coming to you, coaches staying with you, all recognize this. You will become a stepping stone program for the development of the players and for the development of coaches. So it's a no-go. I've said that from the beginning. I believe you said that as well. Florida State must leave this ACC to get to the SEC or the Big Ten. One of those. You know, the, like you said, the Big 12 is probably in a better position now than the ACC. We're probably like the fourth conference now in this thing. 100%. But I think the Florida State uh, Athletic Director, Mike Alford, I, I, this guy is not going to sit on this. Uh, the board of, uh, the board of, uh, of I want to say directors, it's not board, board of trustees, yeah. uh, they're uh, they, they working hard. There's a meeting scheduled, I think, for 8 September. You know, I don't know what the agenda is on that meeting. But we'll be monitoring that and see what's going on. But I believe Clemson as well. Uh, I would think Miami would not want to stick around for this conference and UNC. Those four, I think, are probably working independently. Whether or not they're working together, I don't know. Maybe they could uh, deliver a joint buyout at a lower cost to each school, but a bigger amount for the ACC. You know what I mean? On the grant of rights thing. Yeah. So, so. I, I there's no way they're staying in this. It's a it's a matter of when and uh, when they leave. Yeah. Uh, there's no there's no way around it. Do you agree? No, I, I I totally agree with you. And like you said, they have a committee meetings on September seventh and a general board meeting. Eighth, seventh, or eighth. Well, they have committee meetings on the seventh, and then they have the general board meeting on the, the general board on at okay. nine a.m. at nine a.m. Okay. So, well, like you said, we'll see what comes out of it. But yeah, there there I mean, this is. Now they're past the deadline, so you know they'll have to wait the two years, or they have to find that legal loophole. I, I don't know. You're gonna have to well, pay out either way. You have to pay out either way. So I, I yeah. Let me ask you this, and I put this out on Twitter. I said, if you know the wild card out there, and those bastards, I hate to say that, is Notre Dame, the last not, major. Doing no, wait a minute. Wait a minute. The last major independent out there. You know. Back in the day, there were the independents. Florida State was an independent for so many years before they joined the ACC. Notre Dame continues to hang their hat on that. Is there not? Is what do you think the odds are? Notre Zero. Dame would join Zero. the ACC all in. Zero. Zero. What do you think Zero. they would want? What Zero. would they want? Zero. Okay. Uh, they would want a hundred million dollars a year. They would want to keep their own contracts probably and get some share. Of something, they have no reason to ever leave their NBC deal. I like uh, they they because they, they can make, negotiate their own yeah, deals exactly. and have their own money coming directly to them, like PayPal or some shit, it, right? Yeah, they just they just have such a sweet deal, and I think they're like making thirty five or forty million dollars a year, I believe, in the NBC deal, and that's going to be renewing, I think, in a couple of years. Plus. Their new AD is from NBC. Like, what do you think his vested right. interest is in? And like, with the with the expanded playoffs, it's not going to hurt them. They don't need to win a conference championship. They can be. They will compete for the playoff spots based on their record and based on who they play. Okay. They can handle all of that without coordinating with any with. 
12, 13, 15 other teams. They don't, they don't have to enter into any of those types of agreements. So there's no real good reason for them to come into a conference. No, no, not at all. Not at all. Um, Financially. No, not at all. So I, I don't think that you'll ever get them to, uh, to agree. It. But back to that point of their game. Yeah. And I want to talk about that for a second. So we did see the premiere of Sam Howell last week, and Notre Dame is playing right now against Tennessee State. So what are you talking about? The premiere of Sam Howell. You mean All right, Sam, sorry, not Sam Howell, Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman. Sam Hartman. Um so, Sam Howell uh, is at your uh Washington yeah, Commanders. Yeah, the Commanders. Um, so yeah, we saw Sam Howell's debut last week. Now they're playing Tennessee State this week, another cupcake. Um, but we saw Sam Hartman's little debut last week, 251, yeah. four touchdowns. Looks good. Um he looked good. He uh, he. He's he, legit. Yeah, I mean he's. I mean we'll see once they play once they play a decent team uh, with some defense. Decent. How many times did he beat us at Florida State? Every time in his every, three or three, four three, years. Three, I think three and zero. Three and zero. That guy. That guy. It, last minute drives. The guy's steady. He's an old man now. What is he about? Twenty five years old. I, I want to see him next week. Let's see how he plays against NC State. But week this week five game. Oh, or week four NC game, State. Ohio State. That that's the game I want to see. That that's the game I want to see at Ohio State or versus Ohio State at home. Let's see what Sam How or Sam Hartman does yeah. against Ohio State. That'll be the game that tells me that it, 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 can he do it? Because again, he, he you know he's been beating up on on ACC teams for a while now. Um, that that's the big time prime matchup. I mean, he's got a lot of prime time matchups. He's got Ohio State. He's got USC. He's got well, Clemson. They're, they're leading uh, you know. twenty-one to three over yeah. Tennessee State yeah. right now. He's got one hundred and fourteen yards, one touchdown, eight of eleven. Yeah. So early in the game. Uh, but I'm excited to see what he does. He looked good last year, like he's or last week, like you said. Uh, so it'll be interesting to see what he does. But uh, mark that I, down. The next. I don't think Sam. I don't think Sam's going to be phased by a, a big game atmosphere, even though. He has not played in the type of atmosphere you're talking about. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Under know, the so. lights, under because they were playing in Ireland last week and now they're at home finally. Yeah. But playing, you know, Ohio State in the lights or going on the road to, you know, that's on the road. That's no, on no, the road. they're at home. They're at home against Ohio State. But when they go, and, and luckily for him, Ohio State's at home, USC is at home. Um, they have to go to the road like Clemson, but I think they've had to do that a couple of times. So for him, a lot of these normally tough games, USC, Ohio State, are actually at Notre Dame, so have that home field advantage. But home field advantage for him is a lot bigger than playing at Wake Forest Stadium. So uh, it's a lot louder, but I, I, having that Bring in the home, Deacon. The yeah. Deacons. <laughs> uh, you know, and then he plays Wake Forest on November 18th, so that'll be fun to watch. That'll but what fun. I like, though, for Notre Dame, though, to help Sam – is that it seems like in the first two games now they've played a couple of cupcakes, okay? Yeah. But they their rushing game is well balanced. I mean, they've got 146 yards right now in the first quarter and a half. Yeah. So the, and they had big rushing yards against Navy. Yeah. They, they that like rushing that. game with an experienced quarterback, right, takes the pressure off him and really holds that defensive line more, you know, and helps that offensive line. Absolutely. So, uh, I, you know, I, I expect he'll do well. I yeah. expect he'll do well. I'm not saying they're going to win every game, but I expect Sam to do well as a one-year done and uh, one-and-done guy. Absolutely, because he's on, like, his 10th year of college eligibility. I know, I know, no. Yeah, he kind of reminds us of Chris Wenke. Chris Wenke was, like, 26 years old, but he went into minor league baseball. Yeah. Sam has been in the college football system, but, you know, you had COVID years, and I don't yeah. know, maybe he had a medical, I don't know. I don't know his deal. But okay. the last thing, tonight's games, we have some – the big match that I'm looking forward to is uh, the Battle of Carolina, like we talked about. And I think the chat's uh, the chat's uh, game of the uh, the weekend, potentially, is the North Carolina-South Carolina game. I think this is a very, very big interesting rivalry. Big and, rivalry uh, game. Yeah, big rivalry, like you said, and a matchup of two great quarterbacks in, in Rattler and, uh, uh, and uh, uh, Drake May. I think uh, yeah. I, we, we know what Drake May does uh, and right. what he's capable of. Right. Both these quarterbacks – um, you know, these could be potentially two top two, three round NFL caliber quarterbacks that are going to be uh, tallying off. And Spencer Rattler, he struggled at times last season, uh, you know, transferring in from Oklahoma, but he came alive towards the end of last season. I think they they pulled off a couple of upsets 
Um, so he struggled with some interceptions, but the guy can throw the damn ball. Darius Rucker picked him in college game day today. Did he? Yeah, there yeah, you go. Yeah, so, but I, I think this is going to be a hell of a matchup. Uh, played in Charlotte, so it's a, that neutral site. Um, you know, it'd be nice if you know sometimes these are played on the road, but uh, this will be a hell of a matchup. I think we'll we'll see a lot of offense, and uh, but this plays into the whole transfer waiver thing because UNC is going to be missing Tez Walker. Uh, we talked about that a couple of shows ago. Did you hear that they're still waiting final word? I guess on the appeal coming up next week. Well, they, I, I think they're I, waiting on the same thing for Daryl Jackson too. The appeal? How long does this shit take? Did you not see I mean, Matt Brown's statement? No. What do they say? Oh, he he posted a whole. I mean, this is ridiculous. Statement. It took months for the initial decision. I mean, you send in an appeal. You, when you send in an appeal, you usually try to make additional arguments or bring new supporting evidence. It, it, it's ridiculous. No, Matt Brown did a great post. Oh. He did terrible. a great post. It's terrible. On, uh, I, I think he posted on Twitter. Both um, on Tez and Be- and Daryl Jackson. It's terrible, terrible yes. decision. Here's the uh, here's the statement he put out. Uh, it's it's a lot. So, but basically, oh, yeah. basically, he said, you know, it, it, it highly anticipated season over South Carolina. He's still ruling eligible. The NCAA's unwillingness to provide clarification of the last few weeks has left us in this position. At one point, at at this point, everyone knows the detailed Tez's journey at North Carolina. And he talks about his mental health struggles and why he wanted to get closer to the home. Um, yeah, NCAA has been reluctant to consider the real issues of mental health, COVID, and rule changes that have impacted his journey. They said they're about helping kids, but all they've done is add to the very mental, very mental health issues Tez has been dealing with that made him want to get closer to the home to begin yeah, with. Yeah, you I can't say it. that you're about helping kids when and then show a total disregard for the kids you're supposed to be helping. It's clear that they are more about process than people and not people. Um, for uh, fortunately, the committee still has a chance to recommend the correction to this egregious error. Yeah. No. So uh, yeah. Well, it would be unbelievable if if he his his appeal gets granted, uh, you know, and and he gets to play, and then Daryl Jackson doesn't. But we don't know. We 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 don't get to see the decision made by the NCAA. We don't get to see their reasoning. So you know, what do, what do we know? But so once again, this process shouldn't take this long. Like he said, it, it's, no, it's, it's ridiculous. It's it's ridiculous. It's, it's ridiculous. Okay, LSU, Florida State. That's where we'll end yeah. here today. What are the updates? Do you have you changed your mind? You picked LSU in this game, if I remember correctly, and I picked Florida State to win. What are your thoughts the day before the game? Uh, we're you know we're just hours before this game. People are going to Orlando now. I can tell you the weather here in the Tampa Bay area looks great. Weather should not be a factor. The hurricane really wasn't a factor on the Seminoles training and all of that, that's not going to be brought up as an excuse. There are no excuses for either team. What's your thoughts here going into the game? Yeah, I think that uh, I, I think that it'll be, once again, a back-and-forth affair. I do think that it's going to be a very – A little to a dagby. It's going to be hard to – it's going to be an offensive struggle for both teams. Um, I think we may see some big plays early. I think as things settle in, the defenses will start to take over. I, I do think that both really? teams have brought in some good players transfer-wise. And I think, obviously, Florida State has developed some of those defensive players too. Jared Verts has another year under his belt. I think he's going to be, hopefully, a menace on. And then you have Brendan Fisk. Um, you got the transfer of Central Cypress on the defensive end as well. I do think – and it was a um, – NCAA reasoning. <laughs> That's a new one. Yeah. Um, I, do think, I do think it will be a defensive struggle. It was sort of like that a little bit. It was a little back and forth last year, and LSU kind of brought it brought it on in towards the second half. And I do think there will be some adjustments for Florida State with these new receivers. Keon Coleman, Winston Wright coming into the mix. What do we see of Destin Hill? LSU bringing in a lot of new players as well. So I do think there will be some growing pains for both teams, and it will be a little bit slow. I do expect the same same kind of scores last year, too, in the, in the high 20s, mid-30s. Uh, for this game, so I do think scoring will come along, but I don't think it's going to be like we saw with TCU in, in Colorado. I think it's going to be in the 40s. I do think there will be some tough yards to come along, but to your point, I think if Florida State wants to win this game and win it comfortably, and comfortably by that I mean like 10 points, they need to establish the run early and often. They need to wear on that defensive line for for they need to establish the line of scrimmage. Trey Benson, I think, needs to have 20-plus carries. I know they want to rotate running backs. They want to get guys the ball. 
But I think Trey Benson needs to lean on that defensive line. He needs to put a body on the body. He needs to wear down LSU as much as possible. That is a big man who can take hits and he can lay hits as well. If they want to win this game, he needs to wear on that defensive line for LSU, and they need to get him open. The offensive line has to do their job and put the body on the body and let LSU, and let Trey Benson do the rest. Um, I don't want to have to rely on the deep ball 5, 10, 15 times a game. Even though you have those weapons, you are going to get some really uh, you know some decent defensive backs for LSU too. So as much as you can run the ball to establish the pass, I would love to go that way, and I think L- Florida State can win the ball game if they do that. If they struggle with the run, Early, I think it's going to be a very tough game for Florida State. But I th- I do think, like I said, I, even though I picked LSU a couple of weeks ago, I do think it'll be a very coin flippy type game. So I, I think it's either way. It, it could be anyone's game. I, uh, I, I I still feel very confident in Florida State winning this game. I think they're better on paper. I think they're better, and they're going to be better on the field. Okay? Yeah. I've, I've been looking at, reviewing, looking at everything I can on LSU – I think there's. I don't think LSU's is good this season as they were last season. Now, in in certain positions, the defensive backs, defensive secondary. I think they're still trying to figure out what they're going to do there. Yeah. Florida State should be able to take advantage of that in a strategic passing game, not just unloading the ball down the field. Everybody does that to stretch that secondary to show you we will go long. LSU already knows they can go long. So why do we even have to show that? We know we can do that. I think you don't want to waste too many passes down the field long that are low percentage catch passes and put you in a third and long situation. Mm -hmm. So I think if we do strategic crosses, middle range passes, and then, you know, the short to middle range and run the football, we should be able to control the game, control the clock, and we're going to find out, we're going to find out what Alex Atkins uh, has really put together as an offensive coordinator and as an offensive line coach. Uh, is this line as good as it's been hyped to? I think it's probably, uh, I, I, I'm hoping it's an average to plus level, maybe average plus to good minus level. And, and, and what we want to do is we want to keep Jordan Travis standing up. We don't want Jordan Travis having to scramble for his life on every series because that can bring bring injuries. It can bring bad plays. And if that's happening, we know that offensive line is not getting the job done. The matchups, the matchups in the trenches are going to be the key. If we can control the trench up front offensively, I think we'll score 35-plus points game. You think it's going to be a little tight offensively? Yeah. I think – I think the offense is on both sides. Jane Daniels is a very exciting quarterback. He now has his second year into the system. I think he is going to put up some points. I think there could be a scoring duel in this game. And the defenses are going to have to catch up. And potentially, whoever can get off the field a few times on third and long could win this game. Miscues, special teams. One play in those areas, and I'm a little concerned about our punt returns. I haven't heard too much there. It's a little unsettled. And when you get the big lights on, the stadium, 70,000 people, that, you know, that could be a factor. I'd much rather see a ball hit the ground and roll than I would a guy muff a punt. So, of course, the two quarterbacks have to stand up the entire game if they go down then the game changes a lot. I've got Florida State winning in a uh, 38 to 26 type of game. And I hope it doesn't come down to a field goal because I feel still the greatest weaknesses Florida State has is beyond Jordan Travis. The quarterbacks are totally inexperienced and our kicking game is still yet to be defined. Well, yeah, and to your point, with Florida State releasing their depth chart earlier in the week, we saw who is the punt returner going to be. It's going to be Keon Coleman as the starter and Lawrence Philly as his backup. We know Keon has good hands. Um, and I think he was featured a little bit in the Michigan State as their punt returner, but you also are putting one of your top weapons as in the line of fire uh, and receiving punts. But, uh, so- but we have, if something goes down, he gets hurt in that. We do have a big receiver room. 
Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. I'm good with anybody who can catch the damn ball. Yeah, and then for kick return, you have Deuce Span the Kazai Holmes. It looks like who are going to be uh, the on the kickoffs. Guys, Deuce yeah. Span, Deuce Span, okay. or Trey Benson, and then Kazai Holmes. So Trey I don't Benson, like Trey Benson there. doing kicks. I, I think he's too valuable. I like Deuce Span. Generally, that's a ball he can get. And Deuce Span, if he hits a lane, he could be gone because his his skill is quickness. Yeah, his skill is quickness, and so he could be he could be a guy that breaks one. Yeah, and and I think to your point, it will. One of the keys to this game will be can they contain Jalen Daniels? Because I think one of the biggest parts of his game is the ability to open up the pocket and, and, and open up. If he doesn't see something, he'll he'll take off in space. And right. I think that's one thing we didn't see as much from Jordan Travis in this matchup last year is that he was more he kept he was looking more downfield, trying not to, or he didn't run as much as as we maybe expected him to do. Um, and so can they contain – because they couldn't get the running game going last year for LSU. They could not establish no. a consistent running game, right. but Jane Daniels could. You know, he had the most – you know, by a mile, he had the most running yards. So can Florida State, can the linebackers, can the edge, can they keep him contained and force him to have to pass the ball in Florida State? Once again, whoever establishes the run consistently, I believe, will win this game. Are you aware of anybody that is out of this game for Florida State? Outside of Daryl Jackson and – uh, you know, what, I, what was the story on Fabian Lovett? Uh, you know, the, that he was a little he's banged up, but he's he's ready to go. Yeah. Uh, it's, okay. In terms of significant injuries, yeah. I don't yeah. think you're any. Yeah, well, they don't report it anyways. But, you know, the, 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 this this is a money game. This is a money game for some of our last season players. The Jared Burse, uh, the Fabian Lovett. Um, Brandon Fisk, I'd like to see him come back for another season. But, uh, you know, uh, Cypress, there's another guy. Benson, there's another guy. Jordan Travis, there's another guy. Johnny Wilson, there's another guy. These are money. This is what the, the, the scouts want to see on tape. They don't want to see you on tape against Southern Mississippi and Wake Forest. They want to see you on tape in the biggest games of the season and what you do and what you do in those games. Exactly. So I, I think, like you said, it'll be a close one. It'll, it'll be, be a, a great game. game. It should yeah. be a great game. A lot on the line. Now, as yeah. we said, well, one thing, if on you the lose injury. the game. Now, I think you and I disagree a little bit on this. If Florida State loses this game, I think it's going to be a big – yeah, Ja'Kai Douglas. Yeah, that was the uh, one. Uh, Dagby is right. Ja'Kai yeah. Douglas is out. You're, you're exactly yeah. right. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, that's funny. The I forgot what I was going to say. B Riley upset me, and B Riley, we we hey, we're a little worried about your loyalty. I've seen you, uh, you know, following other people. <laughs> uh, what I was going to say is, I think that if Florida State loses this game, it is a big hit to Florida State. This is more than just the ACC. No, I see. I disagree with you on that. This is a team to win now. LSU comes in with this reputation of. LSU, the SEC, Joe Burrow, we've won national championships. Well, so has Florida State. Why should we bow down because it says LSU? You know, I think that's the hype they bring in, that they bring in all these super. They hit the portal hard, but they they got guys from some schools, I you know, the guys I'm really not aware of. I don't think they brought in better guys than we have. I think our guys are the best guys we could find in the portal and are much better than the guys for LSU. I, all right. And that's why I say we're better on paper and we're going to be better on the field. This Florida state team is built to win. Now it's built to win tomorrow. It's built to win the ACC championship. Anything less than that, anything less than that will be a disappointment for Mike Norvell, the coaching staff and this team. Okay. But Period. you just, you just mix up your team message. You said if they lose tomorrow, then then it's it's a wash, but they don't have to win tomorrow to win the ACC. Well, the, 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 if they lose tomorrow, the, the whole pressure is on to win the ACC. Well, yeah, that's, a, that's well, that's the thing. This but, team but gets I, one I mulligan. This, this team, team gets one mulligan. They don't no, want to use no. it tomorrow. Why would we lose to LSU? Why is LSU so superior? They're, they're, they sh we're playing at home, basically. This is a home game in Orlando. I it's going to the fan base is going to be disappointed. And I will be disappointed if we lose this game. Period. Yeah, everyone's going to be disappointed. Yes. Because we're yes. we're a better team. We're not an underdog. We're not a three touchdown underdog well, well, like that, Prime was at TCU. Yeah, that that's okay? the thing. That's the thing. 
People are talking about. I don't even know why we're a two-point underdog playing basically at home with a better team. I don't. Why is LSU so highly rated? Tell me why they're so highly rated. rated? Why? Why are we so highly rated? Because of our offense and the weapons on offense and our our defensive line primarily in our secondary. Old old man, LSU went to the SEC championship last year. We didn't go to the ACC championship last year. I I just don't. I don't see it. But that that's what I'm saying. You're. You're, I think you're underrating LSU and their program, what they did last I'm year. I'm not underrating them. So I think, I think But I'm not going to loss, overhype LSU because it's overhyped no, anyways. This is, this is Brian a, Kelly this is, and all this shit. But this is a very equal match in my eyes. This is a very yeah. good match, a matchup of great. Uh, a good but FSU, FSU fans are going to Orlando to expect the win. When we turn on the TV set, we expect a win. Okay. We, 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 we don't, we, we, you know, I'm tired of hearing, well, Florida State's back and they're all this. Well, if we're back, we expect to win every game. And and expect means win. No. It doesn't mean hoping to win. No, greatness, greatness isn't given, it's it's earned. And they have to earn it starting tomorrow. So you, the media, well, I and, agree. And, the media and everyone can give it to you, but you have to earn it starting tomorrow. If you think, if we lose to LSU, there's going to be doubters. There's going to be doubters. And then all the pressure definitely shifts to the Clemson game. Like I said, you get one mulligan this entire season. Don't waste it tomorrow. Take the game, win the game tomorrow, and keep that mulligan in your back. I expect expect us to beat LSU. I expect us to beat Clemson. I expect us surely to beat Miami and Florida. Anything in those categories of the loss is disappointment for this team, for the way it's built. Absolutely. You should get, they should go out tomorrow and play up to their potential. And if they don't, then there's going to be a lot of questions. And like we said, we'll be on tomorrow, tomorrow night, right after the game, doing a post-game reaction a long show. Day tomorrow. So uh, join us. Make sure to join us and hit the bell, hit the subscribe, whatever you do uh, below so that you get it, uh, alerted. Because we'll be on that whenever, whenever the game ends, 10, 30, 11. What time's the game start? 9? 7, 30. 7, 30. Oh, 7, 30. Kids, 9, 7. 9? What do games start at 9? Oh, West Coast. The um, new the new yeah. ACC games yeah. will start out there. Yeah. When Florida State plays Cal yeah. out in Los Angeles or wherever the hell they play. So we'll be but, on starting at yeah, 10 30 or 11. Whenever the game ends, we'll be hopping on basically right after five minutes after. We'll do a hey, time post game reaction to it. So by the way, I saw the ticket prices. Some resales are going now for like 120 bucks. So you can still get a ticket out there on some of your favorite reseller sites. So, you know, but so parking's you, parking's like a hundred. <laughs> All right. Well, that's going to do it. So, uh, yeah. So uh, you're picking FSU and I'm picking LSU just barely, but I hope, I hope I'm wrong. Cause I hope to be celebrating a win with y'all tomorrow. So, let us know, comment, what do you guys think, and uh, share the video. We'll see you all hopefully tomorrow in a celebration of a post of uh, post game win, and hopefully it's by a lot. But either way, I'll take a win. Win is a win, and uh, we start one and zero. So. Like the video, comment, subscribe. We appreciate y'all. We'll see you tomorrow. And as always, go Knowles. Go Knowles. See you Sunday night. Take care, y'all. Gotta love college football. Bye-bye. Enjoy South Carolina, North Carolina tonight. Oh, yeah.